Hello and welcome to this podcast. I'm Elaine Watson, editor of Food Navigator USA, and I'm joined by my colleague Casey Collini in France, and she's editor of our sister site, bakeryandsnacks.com. Now, we're here today to talk about General Mills' decision to reformulate original Cheerios to remove GMOs. Now, Cheerios mostly contain oats, but they also contain small amounts of other ingredients. So what the company has done is use cane sugar instead of beet sugar, and they've switched to non-GMO cornstarch. So uh, what do you make of this, Casey? Is this a marketing genius, or could this potentially backfire on the company and end up pleasing nobody? I think that's a really good question, Elaine, and a difficult one to answer, actually. To be honest, at the moment, I'm not sure myself of the motive behind the move, but what I do know is that it was a surprising one, and I don't think I'm the only one to have been surprised, actually. I mean, General Mills is a company that I've been following very closely over the last year um, with a specific focus on their cereal business. Um, You know, we're seeing a lot of innovation, NPD from General Mills and other cereal companies in the U.S. who are really trying to reinvigorate a declining market. Um, And in all of those discussions, we never heard anything about, you know, the idea to remove GMOs from their cereal, one product or the whole line. You know, we've just heard nothing about it. And actually, a year ago, in January 2013, Um, GMO Inside launched a big anti-GMO campaign against General Mills and its competitor Kellogg. And at the time, um, General Mills told me that it was very much standing strong on GMOs. You know, they're safe to use and they were planning to keep the ingredients in their cereals um, and said nothing differently. So really, um, it, it did come as quite a shock. And, you know, we have seen throughout the last year analysts fielding questions to the executives, to the CEO, asking them, are you going to move on GMOs? Are you thinking of reformulating your products? And time and time again, we heard the same response, that no, there are no plans to reformulate on GMOs, uh, and they'll continue to use genetically modified ingredients. Um, I don't know what you think, Elaine. I know you follow the U.S. market and trends and consumers extremely closely with Food Navigator USA, so perhaps you could give us a little bit of insight into how you think it fits in. Sure, Casey. I mean, to me, I can see that as a large consumer brand, um, it's important for General Mills to show that they're listening to consumers and and engaging in this debate, and this is certainly one way to prove it. And and I think they're also dipping their toes in the water here and seeing what the reaction is, and uh, they've certainly tried to play down any suggestion that uh, they're bound to pressure from the likes of GMO inside and just saying that they want to see um, whether consumers embrace this uh, new recipe. I mean, to me, it does feel a little bit like they're trying to have their cake and eat it here. And and there's also an element to me of the lean, finely textured beef debacle all over again. Um, Because unfortunately, nobody remembers the bits in the press release uh, where the company says, actually, this stuff is perfectly safe. Um, what we saw in, in that uh, case was brands falling over themselves to ditch uh, those perfectly safe ingredients. And uh, to consumers, actions speak louder than words. So I think if General Mills, as it uh, has uh, this this month, put a, a now with no genetically modified ingredients label on Cheerios, it does send out a message to consumers and potentially quite a confusing one. If GMOs are safe, then, then why are they dropping them? And, and if there is a problem, even if it's just one of consumer perception, why are they only changing one recipe? Yeah. What's your take on that is, Casey? I think those are extremely valid questions, Elaine. And I think, you know, how this fits into consumer sentiment is probably 
one of the most interesting parts of it all. You know, we really are seeing General Mills step very much away from this idea of consumer pressure, and they're claiming that it's got nothing to do with that. And then on the other side, you've got GMO, um, GMO inside the campaign group claiming this is a pretty big win for them. And, you know, General Mills saying very much the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, what's, what's interesting to me is that uh, aside from GMO and five, some of the other uh, campaigners um, that are pushing for GMO labelling aren't actually that impressed by the move and saying that it distracts from the broader issue of the fact that General Mills is still opposed to mandatory labelling of GMOs. Um, so they're not um, that pleased either. And, and as for the, the pro-GMO uh, people, they feel that this is somewhat cowardly in the sense that um, General Mills, okay, it listens to consumers, but a company this size also has the capacity to influence the debate as well as react to it. And, and if their position on GMOs genuinely hasn't changed, then this is a funny way of showing it. So I think it would be very interesting to see how the rest of the market reacts. I know that major competitors so far haven't responded to this move. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how uh, this pans out. Well, I think we're going to draw this podcast to a close now. Thank you so much uh, for joining me, Casey. You're more than welcome, Elaine. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this Food Navigator USA and Bakery and Snacks podcast. <laughs>